Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into episode two of this podcast series from The Hive from KALA. I'm Ryan Schistel alongside Anna Vary, Sierra Mari, and Abby Varkalis. Before we go on a disclaimer, this podcast was recorded at the studios of KALA-FM, St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University. So, Anna, Abby, Sierra, how are you guys all doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. I'm doing well, Ryan. Yeah, pretty awesome over here. <laughs> so, we don't really have too much of a scripted show to talk about today. We're just going to kind of talk about pop culture, stuff around Ambrose, stuff like that. Uh, first question of the day, what is everybody's favorite flavor of Stinger and why? Okay, I'll go first. Um, my favorite flavor of Stinger is probably Buzzleberry. I've tried like other ones before and I just have not liked them that much. But Buzzleberry, isn't that like, is that like blue raspberry? What is it? It's like blue raspberry and grape, I want to say. Is it grape? I thought so. I, I could be so I, wrong. <laughs> um, it's good though. I like it. Um, I think it's sour and I like sour flavors a lot. So that's probably my favorite. And the color's pretty. <laughs> um, I would say. I'm not one to always pick one off the menu that they give um, in the coffee shop. I like to mix it up every time I go in. Um, today I got um, a half Rockstar, half lemonade drink with, I think it's the Hawaiian Sunrise. I kind of let the baristas, uh, is that what they're called? Yeah, the baristas. I let them <laughs> I let them pick it for me. Um, another favorite of mine is, I love, it's called the Straubs. And so it's a Rockstar with strawberry puree. Um, and it's named after one of the baristas, and they're named Aubrey. So shout out Aubrey. But that's a really good one. I like the refreshing flavors. So I'm not mm-hmm. on the sour side like you, Abby. I like refreshing. So that's more of like the pink and the orange colors of flavoring. Yes. So I am on the sour side, but the one I get is not sour. It is a customization like Anna's. And in the wintertime, they had this one called Grinch. It was really good. I'm talking white chocolate peppermint green apple and pineapple so good i can't even describe the flavor but it's so good it's mainly like green apple oh my god amazing so they don't have peppermint now year round so i walk up to the barista and i'm like can i please get white chocolate pineapple and green apple and it's literally it's still good even without the peppermint it's my go-to drink. It is like this lime color, kind of like the top of my bubbler can, uh, kind of lime green color, and it's really good. Ryan, uh, what's your favorite? So my favorite is also Buzzleberry. I just like the flavor of it. I mean, I've had other ones before, but I just don't think any of them have really matched up with Buzzleberry, in my opinion. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think I would call it sour, but I can kind of see, like, how you can call it that. Got my little atomic drink for the second week in a row. I think it's gonna be an every week thing that I'm gonna have atomic on this show. But <laughs> this one's I, I like these better than I like the stingers now though. I used to like mm-hmm. stingers better than these, but Sierra got me hooked on Atomic the summer going into sophomore year because I had to come up here for a weekend. And she made me go get Atomic with her for the first time ever. I was like, Ryan, can you take me to Atomic, please? And he said, okay. And so we went to Atomic, and then he just he got a blue one or something. I got cotton candy. And I always get pink drink. Wait, what? Pink drink with mango pineapple. That's my go-to. I, I always get cotton candy, or I get rainy day with extra blue raspberry. At Atomic, I think I get 
you know, the orange one, I think it's called Phoenix or something. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite because I love, I usually hate like orange flavored stuff. Like I don't like lollipops that are orange. Like I hate it, but like orange juice or something, if that's like fizzy or whatever, that's my favorite. Fanta. Yes. Fanta is so good or like orange crush. Yeah, if I go to Atomic, which is very rare, um, I'm always with Kirby if I do go. She loves the Phoenix as well. And she's yes. from Arizona, so it's just a fun little treat for us. But oh, right. I think she always adds something to it. I don't know if it's like mango or passion fruit. She always adds something else to it, and I really like it when she has it. Mm-hmm. Singers at the Beehive are just convenient, though. You don't have yes. to take a car, wait in 30-minute line for an energy drink. You can just get it so easily here. What I think is like so weird, too, is back home, because I live like in Illinois, and I think, like, back home, there's no, like, places to get energy drinks. Oh, like, my gosh. So popular Me here, neither. Like, not home. Yeah. Me neither. We don't have little small coffee shops. All we have is, like, a Starbucks, Cup yes. of Conscious or something like that. That's what it called. And Dunkin' Donuts. Like, we don't have small coffee shops. No. or I, That's the first thing I noticed about Davenport, too. They have so many irregular building shapes, too. Like, small, yes. big. Like, nothing makes sense here. It really doesn't in Davenport. It's all like unorganized, but it kind of just makes Davenport what it is they have, chaotic. Like, coffee shacks and everything, and there's so I've never bad. seen this know. many coffee shops. So it feels like LA for real. <laughs> I've never been there, but I'll yeah, tell you. I've never. I've been never LA. been either, but it was, oh, okay then. <laughs> feels like it. I will say though, this atomic I have today, I let my friend pick whatever I got today, and she got me a Phoenix with extra red raspberry in it. Mm. It's really good. <laughs> my roommate got something off their secret menu it was like a warhead flavor so he it was super sour let me try it it was pretty good you know who else has really good drinks you know starbucks just came out with some fall drinks and they're really good pumpkin spice i'm such a pumpkin spice girl and a chai latte girl that's like so popular right now the pumpkin yeah. spice with chai or something or yes, chai pumpkin yeah. i heard and that's i like only like ice drinks hot drinks i don't really like i don't care for Hot chocolate from Starbucks. That's pretty good. Peppermint. <laughs> yes, their peppermint mocha is amazing. Okay, yeah. so this is a random one, but my friend showed me this Instagram account yesterday. It's called, like, Quad City Foodies, and it just got, like, some of the best, like, foods from a bunch of different local areas. So, I mean, especially Abby and Sierra, since we all have kitchens, and Anna's still in the dorm, so <laughs> she can she can maybe talk about something out or something like that, but... um. What's the best thing you guys have either cooked or just, like, had to eat since coming back to school? I live in the dorm where you have a kitchen and then a common living space. An apartment, yes. Yes, an apartment on campus. And I, my favorite thing to cook, my favorite thing by my roommates is baked CD. Ryan, actually, you had it. What, how do you like it? Sierra invited me over some for some baked ziti a couple weeks ago. It was fantastic. Because when I make some, it's a large batch. You know what I mean? And so it's it's kind of like a lasagna, but with um, rigatoni noodles. It's like layers. And then, yeah, it's just really good, simple pasta dish. Really easy. I would say for me, um, I love Aldi. And I don't really make a ton. I kind of just, like, put it in the oven and, like, it's frozen already, so whatever. Um, but I really like battered cod. It's like my favorite, and I love sweet potato fries. So I put that on there. Like it's usually late at night because I just get hungry, guys. Like at night <laughs> I get hungry, and um, it takes like probably twenty minutes, and it's the best. And I dip it in ranch. Um, I have not made anything as extravagant as you guys because um, I got a microwave, an air fryer, and my refrigerator. That's all I have. Um, but the other day I just made a sweet potato in the microwave, and that was really really good. 
And that's, I think, the only thing I've actually really made besides, like, cut mac and cheese and heating up stuff that I brought from the calf. So. <laughs> Every Thursday, my roommates and I will cook for each other. We call it just, like, a little family dinner night. So we split it up. It's myself and my roommate, Zach, on one week. Then my roommate, Jack, and Kyle on another week. Uh, it was Zach's turn and my turn yesterday, and we made Caribbean jerk chicken with rice. And it was probably the best thing I think I've ever cooked. So we, like, dry rubbed the chicken. So we cubed it first. Like, we cut it into cubed chicken. Then we dry rubbed it with cayenne pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper, this thing called Old Bay, and smoked paprika. Then we put it in, like, a Caribbean marinade. So it smelled so good when we were even just prepping it. Then we let it sit for a couple hours, and we pan-fried it. And... It was unbelievable. I think we're going to make it again Sunday for the Bears game. I made jerk chicken actually last week, and I had this really good uh, marinade. It's so good. I let it sit overnight for like a, a day and a half or something like that, and that was really good. Like this chicken was full of flavor. See, we wanted ours to be like super spicy. That's why we added so much uh, mm-hmm. like paprika and cayenne pepper, stuff like that. And we were going to do it overnight, but... We forgot to take our chicken out of the freezer and unthawed until the day of, so we had to let it thaw out during the day and then prep it only a couple hours before we cooked, but it was, it was really good. Like I said, I think we're going to make it again this weekend just because we can. Getting flashbacks. It was that good. <laughs> the best jerk chicken, though, is when I was in Jamaica. When I went to Jamaica, uh. I, I ate that, I think, twice a day, every day I was there. My mom and sister would, like, go get the breakfast buffet at 10 in the morning and I just walk over to a beach stand and get jerk chicken for <laughs> breakfast. Do you all like spicy foods? No. No, not no at all? Way. Uh-uh. Oh, I love them. No, I can't handle it. I feel like I have a tolerance. Like, I'm trying to work my way up to getting more spicy. I do, honestly, yeah. But, like, I feel like now, like, I don't know about you, but I love hot sauce on my eggs in the morning. Oh, yeah. So that's, like, a really good thing. Spicy chips I'm getting better at, you know. I'm just... Trying new things yeah. that are spicy. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think my tolerance is almost going down. <laughs> I mean, this all right, this is going to sound weird, and I laugh at myself when I say this too, but my one friend back home, Andy and I, used to just love everything spicy to where we would take, you know, like Tostitos scoop chips? We would take those and we'd fill them with hot sauce, and we'd do like a shot of hot sauce and eat the chip just because we liked the spice of it and like the saltiness of it and now if you gave me the chance to do that i'd probably do it again but like i don't know if i'd enjoy it as much as i did i think we did like 20 in one day (laughs) i think my tolerance is the same i i like spicy foods i i don't mind i eat jalapenos like as chips sometimes you know and it's so good in cream cheese too i really like it um good cream cheese and jalapenos i love that do you guys have a favorite brand or like style of hot sauce? Like you sriracha. Been, you like sriracha? I'm not sriracha. A part of this <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! If there was one hot sauce that's so versatile and so good, it's sriracha. And I think it's actually, um, girl. I think the there's less now. There's like a there's something happened with sriracha. I swear to gosh, and they don't have any. It's really hard to find in the stores right now. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, my sister told me, but she's, like, in Illinois, down south. I don't know what she's doing. So, yeah, apparently Sriracha, like, I don't know, there's a hold or something. So it's really hard to find. That's what I heard. I've actually never been 
that big of a fan of sriracha. Like I used to enjoy it a little bit more when I was younger, but now I just can't really stand it. Um, so my favorite is either Valentina or Tapatio. It was really good. I'll throw those on my eggs any day of the week. Like if I had to pick from like the stand that they have in the cafeteria, I always pick Cholula. They do have a lot of options, but I think the best out of all the ones I've tried, um, definitely Cholula. Cholula's out of the stand, I like Tabasco. I really do. I do like Tabasco. So I will actually be having some spicy food this weekend at the parade for the Lulac Mexican Independence Day parade this Sunday. And we're going to talk about that more, but for right now, we're going to step away. Sierra sat down with some of her friends earlier on in the week. We'll be right back. Hello, KLA listeners. Before I begin the interview with the Latinos Unidos board members, I wanted to say that this interview will be heard during halftime breaks during various KLA sports broadcasts and on From the Hive, a weekly podcast by KLA Scholar Bees found on SoundCloud and aired on 88.5 FM every Monday nights at 6 p.m. And now on with the interview. Hello, KLA listeners. I am Sierra Mari here with some of the Latinos Unidos executive board members. Hello, I'm Aries Alfaro. It's my second year here at Ambrose, and I am the president of Latinos Unidos, and I'm here with my vice president. Hello, my name is Juliana Marcelino Lopez, and it is my junior year here at Ambrose. I have about six questions for you guys. The first one is, when are Latinos Unidos meetings, and where can we attend? Okay, yes, of course. Um, so they are every Tuesday weekly, uh, different from last year. Last year it was bi-weekly, but this year it's weekly. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. And we either differentiate between ROGO, the conference room on third floor, or if not there, we usually meet in the multicultural house. Another thing that we are working on, though, is uh, if those times do not work with you, we are trying to incorporate a study hall time. So that way, for those who aren't able to make it Tuesdays at 4 p.m., they can still feel included, still come by, and still be uh, caught up on all the information that Latinos Unidos uh, talks about at the weekly meetings. Perfect. So it's not at the multicultural house anymore. It's kind of jumping back and forth right now just because um, our club is a little bit bigger than last year's. So we just want to have space for everyone. But at the same time, we're thinking about going back and forth from the multicultural house, from the conference room, just because the multicultural house, you know, we have to put it to use and it feels more of like a comfortable space. But if it's more discussion-led, then most likely it'll be in the conference room up on third floor Rogo. Um, but you can always stay updated by following our Instagram at SAU Latinos Unidos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect, which I do think I follow. That's good. Perfect. That's good. We'll be checking. Oh, gosh. <laughs> can anyone be a part of Latinos Unidos? Or is it kind of, you know, is there a little Brandy Melville entrance? No. <laughs> Brandy Melville. No, luckily that's one big thing that we've been trying to work on this year is trying to branch out to people and let Mm -hmm. them know that just because the word Latinos is in the club title, Latinos Unidos is open to anybody, everybody and we welcome people of of all to be a little cliche of all colors Uh, (laughs) you know um, uh, what was the saying you don't gotta be brown to come around you know (laughs) 
Yeah. Is that y'all's motto? Yes, because that's a, that's a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have a club for your culture, if you don't have a club for something that resonates with you, you know, come to Latinos Unidos and we, we can be a voice for you. And there's like this saying, like, or this stereotype almost, that's actually a good stereotype to be behind. It's like the Hispanic culture in general. It's very family oriented. Mm-hmm. And that's like our goal of the club to make it feel like we're one big friend group, one big family, no matter if you're Hispanic or not. So, yes. Understandable. How does Latinos Unidos promote diversity on St. Ambrose campus? What events do you do? The way Latinos Unidos promotes diversity on campus, I think most importantly, one thing that we try to do or we want to do is let people know what Latino culture is and how we go about things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whether that be informing people on uh, the food, whether that be informing people on the, the parties, whether that be informing people on the holidays, whether that even be informing people about uh, religious sections of our culture. Stuff like that is how we want to uh, promote diversity on campus because I think one thing that we especially want to work on this year is making sure that if you are, for like example, a, a first year student and you come to Ambrose, you see that diversity throughout mm-hmm. Ambrose. That you see, especially if you are a Hispanic student or a Latino student, that you see that that um, Latino culture at Ambrose, you know? So not necessarily you having to find it, but you simply running into it, you know? Yeah, or we want to come to you instead of you being like, oh, where can I find LU? That's like our main goal. Like, I don't know, reaching out to the different groups on campus and being like, hey, whether it's like in the way where we go to BSU and we're like, let's collab, or whether it's like actually finding a Latino student on campus and being like, come to LU and just trying to spread the word a little bit more. But yeah, we have a few plans cooking cooking definitely cooking there's a lot of things we want to do mm-hmm. this year and a lot of especially around campus first because we need to start the diversity mm-hmm. inside campus before we bring it out to the community definitely you know. going back to like the uh bsu thing another way we want to you know spread diversity on campus is not necessarily just uh diversity in the latino aspect but diversity for all cultural groups on campus so going back to the question y'all asked what's cooking I really want to know, is something cooking at these LU meetings? How do these meetings run? things are cooking. Mm -hmm. So the way we run our meetings is, for past few ones, we've had a few activities, you know, just to make it more club-like, rather than you, like, coming to a club, sitting there, listening to exec board talk, and then proceeding on with your day. And so we like to create, like, a family-like environment, and then we talk about all the plans and events that we have. One of the most recent ones that is coming up is this Sunday, the Mexican Independence Day Parade over in East Moline. Um, We will be there and it is, we are carpooling at 9.30 if you guys wanna come, a little plug. Um, But you know, stuff like that. And we have more things coming up like a Hispanic uh, Heritage Month meal in the cafeteria. We're partnering up with Sodexo, which no one has done that before. And I think it's going to be super cool and authentic Mexican food and or Hispanic food in general, not just Mexican. And then we have um, here coming up soon as well on the Day of the Dead. Uh, that's a big uh, Hispanic celebration as well. We have a stinger or stingers, plural, that are being, uh, what's it called? Like... Brood. They're being brewed right now. <laughs> um, we have different flavors and anything to kind of wow. represent the Hispanic culture and Day of the Dead as 
a holiday itself. And again, that is the first time that the Beehive will have a collab like that with the club, which it, we think it's really cool. And not only do we hope to inspire people to look into the Latino culture, the Hispanic culture, but also inspire other clubs to hopefully do this for their own clubs. You're right. Nobody has done this before. And as an observer of this, I can just say, y'all, uh, you have some good stuff in store. Some good mm-hmm. stuff being brewed mm-hmm. and stirred. Mm-hmm. I yes, am ma'am. so excited for that stinger out of anything, for real. <laughs> yeah. That stinger, I will be number one in that's line. That's a staple for Ambrose, like a stinger. Everyone knows our stinger is. You guys are combining the culture of Ambrose with, with the culture of Latinos Unidos. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is just the perfect blend. This is more of a personal question for y'all. Hispanic Heritage Month takes place from September 15th to October 15th every year as a time to recognize and celebrate the many contributions, diverse cultures, and extensive history of the American Latino community. What does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you personally? For me, Hispanic Heritage Month, it means... It's going to start off a little cliche, but it means a lot to me. It really does, because (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think especially growing up in Iowa, out of all places, um, not unfortunately, love my Hawkeye State, you know, but uh, (laughs) I think growing up in Iowa, there are times where as a Latino, you feel very separated, very secluded from uh, what really goes on in our community. And so I think with Hispanic Heritage Month, especially here in the QC, especially here um, on campus, the reason why it means so much to me is because you connect on a very surface level with so many Latinos in the community, you don't even have to know them. You don't even have to know their names. You, one word exchange, and you still feel like, yeah, like we we are in it together. Like this is community, like this is family, you know? And so I think that's what it means to me is being able to just continue to build on that good stereotype that we are given, that everything is family oriented. And with being family oriented, that everything is community oriented. Hispanic Heritage Month means a lot to me because as a first generation immigrant student, kind of how Ari said that, it's hard feeling seen sometimes just because your culture isn't always represented in your everyday life. But having this month to kind of reflect upon like, I guess, like, quote unquote, your journey, you know, how you ended up here and like the roots of where I come from. It allows for people to see, like, even though it is just a month, it allows for people to see, you know, like what you're all about and what your family's all about. And I know it's a hard for a lot of Americans to understand, like, why we do things a certain way or so this month we we really like to take advantage of it before we end i want to ask one more question about latinos unidos and what do we have to look forward to with the club what do you guys have brewing up for us i love the enthusiasm that this club has had this year because of that enthusiasm i think that has uh led us to come up with so many big ideas that we have um in store uh not for this month but like for the coming months um, whether that be in uh, for Halloween, whether that be for um, Christmas time, whether that be for like, you know, the springtime. I think coming up more recently, we have that parade that Yuli mentioned, which mm-hmm. is a Sunday, this Sunday, September 17th mm-hmm. uh, in East Moline, starting at 12. Mm-hmm. 
and then I think after that we have Dia de los Muertos. But before Dia de los Muertos, we also have another event coming up, which is the Hispanic Chamber Block Party. That is September 21st, and that is from 3:50 to 5 p.m. There's a lot of there's going to be a lot of stuff like that, uh, small events around the community that we are going to incorporate ourselves in, because that's something that we really want to do. We really want to um, be seen around in the community. So that's one thing that you can look forward to. Mercado on the fifth. That's another big uh, collab that we want to have. Have that with them. We also have a, a collab with Lulac in the works. Um, we have the Stingers. We have we have the Sedexo collab. And we're having a free food Friday that first week of October, where my dad, the man Jose, will be coming up and cooking up some tacos for campus. Um, so that'll be completely free. And um, more details will be on our Instagram at SAU Latinos Unidos. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we want to have a collab with other clubs in order to bring the multicultural house back to life so i have like a carne asada style like opening for the house like welcome back party type thing so hopefully that'll be done this fall but yeah we have so many things in and off campus that people can do for completely free mm-hmm. gracias por venir y hablando con KLA you guys have so much brewing up and cooking up at the multicultural house, mm-hmm. the conference room in Rogo, <laughs> and all of the collabs y'all mm-hmm. are planning. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for talking with us at KALA. I appreciate all that you do. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Thank, Thank you. you. Back to From the Hive with the Scholar Bees. Good job, Sierra. Uh, we're going to do a package each week. We're going to do a big rotation. I think I'm going to go next week. So we are talking about spicy foods, and I wanted to bring up how this weekend I am supporting KALA and promoting the radio station at the LULAC Mexican Independence Day Parade. And I will be having some spicy tacos over there with some hot sauce and everything at like 8 in the morning. So that's going to be a really good breakfast. Really excited for that. Yeah, Sierra's going to be there. Um, Louise, who helps out a lot, is going to be there. Jordan Franks might be there taking some pictures. I might stop by for a little bit. Not entirely sure, but Sunday's normally a pretty busy day for me. What do you got going on, Ryan? Well, hey, we got football to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got to leave campus for a little bit with some roommates, and we got to head out of the Quad Cities for a little bit. But it's been a very busy week. It's been a weird week. It's been like this week, I feel like the days have been so long. Mm-hmm. And like just and packed. And packed, yes. I feel like no like there's no time to rest this week. No. I swear there's no time. No. I had to tell where I work, yeah, my availability gotta change a little bit. Like I I am stressed right now. Yeah. It's crazy with school. It's mm-hmm. crazy and insane right now. I had a soccer game last night, so we didn't get back until yes. like ten forty five and then it's like wake up, gotta be ready for class by eight AM today. So it's like I feel like the days are so long and packed and the sleeping time is just getting smaller and smaller every night. <laughs> I had to change my whole sleep schedule. I think I think I'm going to start waking up at like 8:30 every single day even though I have class at noon. It's just like if I oversleep then I'm I'm more tired. I'm more tired. Yeah. So I have to actually force myself to wake up early now. And 8:30 last year that would have been insanely early for me, but this year it has to be a habit for me. It really does. Mm-hmm. I've got no problems with it. I woke up at 4:45 every day for work over summer, so I'm more shocked when I sleep past 6:30 without an alarm now. It's getting annoying. What time do you like wake up now? Do you just wake up at the same time like 4:45? About 
six fifty seven in the morning. Oh my God. But that's also because my roommate and I go to the gym in the mornings now. So yeah. I feel like maturing is waking up early for real. You know what the worst yeah. part about that was though? At least over summer, I wanted to be in bed by nine o'clock at night. <laughs> that's... I, felt, I felt like a grandpa because I'd go to bed at nine and I'd have to wake up at four. There's no time to have fun at night. No, my friends would text me every day. They'd be like, hey, you know, come here, come there. Like, you know, let's do something. And I'd say, you must be nuts (laughs) if you think I'm leaving my house tonight. Yeah. Any other events we got going on? I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I only have one event to share with everyone today. Um, On Wednesday, September 20th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. in the Rogalski Center Ballroom, the St. Ambrose Campus Activities Board is hosting a blood drive. So if you're interested in donating blood, you can book your donation appointment at bloodcenter.org. Have y'all donated blood before? I donated not, actually. No. Um, one time in high school, we had this thing where like you could donate blood for like National Honor Society or something and get like I don't know what you could get in return. I forgot, but I don't remember. But uh, my mom, she went in there to do it and it was so bad. She ended up fainting and she oh, passed no. out. It was bad. Her arm was bruised because she didn't know where to put the vein or the the uh, needle in her vein. She couldn't find it, so she was, you know, nudging out her arm forever. Well, she's also not supposed to be the one putting the needle in her own vein. <laughs> no, not my mom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's like hold the on. Nurse, the nurse couldn't find it or whatever, and so my whole the other arm too. Yeah, my whole my arm my mom's arm was bruised. She's like, Sierra, not again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm even worse. I faint. Whenever I get tattoos or whenever I draw blood, I faint. That's why when they take my vitals or something like that, like, oh no, like, like I get queasy. Oh girl, I'm telling you it's ninety percent of the time. Really? I faint. Really? Yes. I'm Maybe so like prone. And everything. Uh yeah, and a donut or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm pretty good with that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I have to get, you know, blood drawn every year just as part of a yearly checkup type thing back home. Yeah, I do too. And every time, like, doesn't affect me. I feel fine afterwards. But, you know, they always have to ask, do you have a history of fainting after this type of thing? And I always say no. I say no too. But the last time, I said no. And it all finished, got up, felt fine. I got in my car and was driving home. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I feel like I'm about to pass out. Now, luckily, my high school was right there, so I just pulled as fast as I could into the parking lot, and I, like, fell asleep in my car for, like, five minutes. Car turned off, windows down, but, like, I I don't know what happened, but I almost passed out driving God. home. I hate drawing blood. I hate it. I hate yeah. veins. I hate that stuff. Like, I just, I can't deal with that. I get chills and, like, a queasy feeling from that. Anna's over here like, no, it's totally stuff I enjoy. Fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's yeah, a, you're a nursing student. Yeah. yeah. That stuff is so interesting to me. Right. Yeah, but whenever I get my blood drawn, I always have my phone on it. Like, I have to not think about it because I don't want to see it go in my face. I don't look at it. See, no, I'd be I looking never, at it. I distract I myself. did one time and that's when I'm I... I think that's my issue. I'd be looking at it, but I want to know when it's going in. You know what I mean? I don't like to be shocked. But but I'm looking... Oh, I can't even, like, look at my arm right now. I'm, I'm not just getting lie. flashbacks. I look and I'm like, cool. <laughs> Ew. It's gross. See, yeah. do you guys, like, not like the look of it or do you not like the pain of it? The look. The look. I don't like the pain it. pain is fine, but yeah, the, the look is, fine. is like... I don't feel it uh, pulling the blood out. You know what I mean? So that's okay. I just, I see it. And that yeah. disgusts me. Like, oh my God, I'm losing all this. Like, oh, I can't. No. Like, I had one where she was like, I had to get something done, like a checkup. And so she took my right arm. She was, I can't find a vein. This is so weird. So she stuck me like 
two times in that arm, and then she took the other one, stuck me two times, and went back to my right arm and stuck me again. And I was like, what? So obviously, like, the people listening won't be able to see, but last time I had to go, they couldn't find a vein. And the lady goes, oh, I think I found one, and stuck me, like, right here on my arm. His wrist. I was like, there is no (laughs) vein anywhere near there. I was like, I can see my vein as you're poking me somewhere. There is no vein. I got so annoyed. Give it, give it like, I don't know, what, five years, and then we can just go to Anna to do our blood work. Yeah, come to me. (laughs) I would. I would. Anna's going to keep this, like, stored in her brain. She's going to start purposely acting like she can't find a vein. I think that's going to do it for episode two of From the Hive. This was a very chaotic show. Not the most chaotic one we've ever done, but definitely a little chaotic. Not a lot of structure. No, nope. Structure is boring. Structure got thrown out the window today yes anyways for abby varkalis sierra mari anna Berry, and dave baker i'm ryan schissel have a good rest of your day we'll be back next week